So as we started last week, a, a series entitled New Habits for a New You. And we begin to look at things that we could do to help us draw closer to God. Things that we could do to help us become the person and the people that God has for us and for us to be. And we looked at that, that we are what we repeatedly do. What we repeatedly do forms who we are. Most of us have habits, and most of us probably have some bad habits. And we have some habits that we have tried to change. But unfortunately, sometimes changing bad habits is difficult. And what happens is, is we form habits, and then our habits form us. They shape who we are. At the beginning of a new year, everyone looks at, and, and, and most people say, I'm going to have some new year resolutions. If you talk to people who work out, they, they, they try to avoid the gym in January. Because everybody signs up for Planet Fitness in January. Everybody joins the Y in January. They say, this is a new year. This is a new me. I'm going to start forming some habits. And so the gyms are packed. But unfortunately, by the end of January, most of us would just start paying money every month for something that we never use. My wife and I were a member of the Y for uh, quite some time. And probably for the last eight or nine months, because you signed up for a year, eight or nine months we paid that $50 a month, but we never stepped inside the door. Anybody been there? So now you start looking for places like Planet Fitness that don't make you sign a contract. And you can pay your $10 for January, and then in February you won't feel guilty for not going. But we start to try to form habits because we realize that the habits that we form, that we form habits and then our habits form us and it shapes who we are. But we understand that nothing worthwhile is easy. Nothing worthwhile just comes easy. It's doable, and we have habits that we think we want to form, we want to, to start, but we realize they aren't easy, but we know that they're doable if we just commit to them. And if you're a follower of Christ, I've got even better news for you. They're much more doable when God is on your side. They're much more doable when you look to God and say, God, I know that I can't do this on my own but I'm giving it to you. And so what we looked at in, for this series is found in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And it says, Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. You'll be changed from the inside out. You see, too often we want to see physical evidence that someone is changing. We want to step on that scale and we want to see. We want people to notice that we're changing. But this says that allow God to change us from the inside out. And what happens is, is when we start to form these habits in our life that maybe nobody even knows about, He starts working on our heart. He starts working on us inwardly. And then what happens is, is when we start to change inside, People will notice a difference on the outside. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. What does God want for you? God wants the very best. 
God wants the very best. If you think about, if you have children, and you look at you say, well, I want the very best for my children. I want them to have the best. I want them to, to realize what having the best is. I want the best for their life. If you think about how bad you want that for your child, God wants it so much more for us. God looks at us, and he wants what's best for us. God wants you to be successful. And so over the, the next three weeks, we're going to, to give you a chance to take that journey. Last week, we started last Monday, 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. You say, why 21 days? Because it gives you a chance to, to break bad habits and to get good habits. You see, whatever you starve is going to die. And whatever you feed is going to thrive. So we look at things that, that we fast from, whether it be food or, or, or a soul fast, things with looking at social media or, or those things, and you start to, to starve those things, and, and you look at God, and you say, God, you're more important to me than, and you fill in the blank. But when we begin to, to starve that and replace it with things of God, replace it with prayer, with Bible reading, those things, and we begin to draw closer to Him. Last week, we looked at the first habit. And if you missed that, you can go to the, to the website, and you could go back and, and, and listen to that or watch it. But we looked at that we need to focus on what you do first. Focus on what I do first. And we talked about giving God the first of our year, the first of our month, the first of our week, and the first of our day. God wants us to put Him first. And I'm convinced that if we will learn to put him first in everything that we do, that he will bless the rest. My life verse has always been, and one of my favorite verses says, seek first the kingdom of God. Put him first. And he will add everything else and give you everything else that you need. So this morning I want to, to look at a, another habit. A habit that I feel that if we could ever get a hold of it will help transform us and it's simply to control your thoughts control your thoughts when I look back through my life the pivotal moments in my life and pivotal changes took place when I had a change of thinking there have been situations in my life that I've thought and I've just I've thought about them all wrong and when I allow God and I say, God, you take control of my thoughts. And I begin to, to give him my thoughts. And I begin to, to think the way that God would want me to think. Things start happening in my life. Pivotal moments in my life happen when I'm willing to allow God to control my thoughts. Our life will not change without changing our minds. Your life is not going to change unless you have a change of mind. Everybody says, well, it's a change of heart. And that's true. But it starts here. You have to, to learn to change the way that you think, to control your thoughts. Ecclesiastics verse 10, or chapter 10 verse 2 says, Wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking leads to to wrong living. 
Right, wise thinking leads to right living. In other words, the writer's saying, it starts right here. It starts right here. Have you ever started to think about something negatively? And you begin to think about that, and before you know it, I mean, maybe it's because your husband didn't put his shoes up. Just a small thing, right? But you begin to dwell on that. And by the end of the day, you've dwelled on it all day long. And by the end of the day, you would think that, you know, your husband had killed the dog or something. You're so mad at him. You're so mad at your spouse. And we do that in our lives. We, we, we start thinking something, and it begins to control us. But everything begins with a thought. It's important what goes into your mind the first thing of the day. Last week, I challenged you to start the first 15. To start your morning, five minutes reading the Bible, five minutes in in worship, and five minutes in prayer. 15 minutes. Why? It's because I'm convinced that the first thing that goes into your mind during the day is going to set the tone for the rest of your day. If you wake up grumpy and you don't take that to God, you're going to be messed up all day long. Anybody ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Oh, yes. And it's just like one of those days and you just you, you hate everything. But can I tell you that what will change that is before you ever get out of bed, before you ever do anything else, start your day with God. The process of what God wants to do begins in what we're thinking. Look at Romans 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 2 again in a different translation. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. What we think controls and determines how we feel. You think, well, my boss is controlling that, or my neighbor is controlling that, or my bank account is controlling that. No, it's the way that you think. It's your response to those things. It's your response to your boss when he's on your nerves. It's your response to your neighbor when they do something that messes up your yard. It's your response to the economy. It's how that you, and it's how that you think about. It's about what you put into your mind. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters... Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And verse 9 says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Flip back to verse 8 for me. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Whatever is excellent. 
whatever is praiseworthy. Here Paul is saying, these are the things we need to think on. These are the things we need to think about. And he says, when we do that, the God of peace will be with you. How many people would like to have more peace in your life? We would love to have the peace of God flowing through us. And he tells us here in his word how to do that. He says, change what you're thinking about. Change the way you are thinking. And as your pastor, I want nothing more than for you to experience peace. I want you to have peace in your life. I want you to have peace in your family. I want you to have peace at your job. But unfortunately, I cannot change the circumstances. You cannot change the circumstances. Life happens. There's no perfect job. There's no perfect spouse. There's no perfect kids. Life happens. We can't change that. But what I can do is I can encourage you to put truth into your mind. The truth is, even when your kids are acting like demons, you still love them. God still give them to you. That's the truth. The truth is, when you feel like that you, when you don't have the money to pay your next bill, you're still living. You're still breathing. And Paul says, think about those things. So I would challenge you. Another challenge. More homework for this week. Try replacing the media. Can I be honest? I've got to a point, this is probably bad, but I have much more peace. I couldn't tell you the last time I listened to the news. You say, well, pastor, you know what's going on? No, I don't. Why? Because I want peace. And Fox News or CNN or or any of the, the, you list them, you're not going to find peace watching any of it. I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. You're not going to find peace. And so I just made a decision in my heart, I'm not going to watch it anymore. Hopefully I'll get a text alert if, if, you know, if we're getting ready to blow up. If I don't, it's been nice knowing you. But let me challenge you to replace some of those things that cause you stress. Replace them with worship music. Replace them with... Maybe replace some of your secular music. And I'm not going to get up here and, and preach on not listening to secular music. If I did that, I would be a hypocrite. But let me challenge you for a week to replace that with some Christian music. What we put into our mind will determine who we are. Your thoughts will determine your destiny. If you don't like where you're going... If you don't like the path that you are going down right now, then change the way you're thinking. If you look at your life and say, I don't like the way that I'm headed, change your thoughts. Romans 
Chapter 8, verses 5 and 6 says this. Those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Verse 6 says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life. And there's that word again, and peace. Allowing the Spirit to control your mind leads to life and to peace. But allowing your sinful nature leads to death. So you say, well, this sounds great. I would love to be able to do that. But how? How can I change the way I'm thinking because everything around me is negative? How can I do that? And this morning, very quickly, I want to give you five ways to practice a good thought life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive to control your thoughts. As we were talking about being fed negative stuff leads to bad thinking. And the way to, to counteract that is right here. Getting into the Word. There is nothing that will transform your life more than reading the Word of God. Every situation, every problem, you can find peace right here. And so I, there are all kinds of plans out there. The one-year, oh man, the one-year Bible plan. It will take you through and allow you every day to get into the Word. It will lead you through, but find some kind of plan. We have a a Bible app. Somebody asked me, and I guess I'm getting, the older I get, the more old school I'm getting. Someone asked me, uh, is it better to to have a Bible than read it on your phone? And uh, to that I would say probably. Not because there's something wrong with using your phone, but if you're like me, when I try to use my phone or my iPad, I can't get through two verses without getting some kind of text message, without getting some kind of alert, some kind of notification. So what I've tried to do is, is, is when I go to read, if there's time in the day that, that you call me or you text me and I don't reply, just, just know that I'm reading the Word. Because I've got to a point that, that I leave it. Because I know me. I know that I can't. How many people have like on your mail app, you have like 21,000 unread emails? That would drive me nuts. Somebody will say, can you help me with my phone? And I'll take it and I'll see that and i just start to shake. I'm like, well, here's the first thing that's wrong. I can't go... Like right now, it's over there. If I had unread mail messages right now, I would have to go clear it off. I, I can't see that. Because that's, I know who I am. I know me. And we have to come to a point. So get away 
but start reading the Word. Find a plan that every day will get you into the Word of God. It will take every negative thought and it will replace it with how God sees us. We know that the Word of God is alive. I saw something just on Facebook this morning that said that, that this is the only book that you can never finish because it's alive. And, and every time that you read it, you're going to get something different out of it. And as we go through, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, our rooted class, our rooted life group, which we just systematically go through the Bible chapter by chapter. We're learning that every time that we, we, we read it, some people have been through it two or three times, four times, but when they get to somewhere, they, they see something else. So well, I didn't notice that last time. It didn't speak to me that way last time. It's active. It's alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. So find a plan and begin to get into a word. Secondly, find a place to think your thoughts. At some place in your day, turn down the world's volume, just as I was talking. You know, we always give the attention to whatever is the loudest. That's what we give attention to. If you've got one child that's, that's yelling and screaming, and the other was just sitting there, who's going to get the attention? Whether it's good attention or bad attention, they're going to get some attention, right? Whatever's the loudest. And unfortunately, that's the way it is. The world wants to be the loudest in your life. It wants to be what dominates every day and every thought. But I want to challenge you, find a place to think your thoughts. Find a place that you can turn down the world's volume. Put your focus on God. Have a daily conversation with God. Can I say, you don't have to speak to Him and. King James. You can talk to him just like I'm talking to you right now. He understands. Just talk to him. Just have a daily conversation with him. He doesn't care about your formality. All he wants is a relationship. You don't have to rhyme when you talk to God. Slow down your life long enough to have a conversation with Him. And when you can do that and you learn to trust Him, He will give you perfect peace. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says this, You will never keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Let me ask you again, you want more peace in your life? Put your thoughts on Him. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Now, I'm not talking about, you've heard about people who are too heavenly minded to be earthly good. I'm not talking about that. We still have to live here. We live in the world. But put your thoughts and when you begin to, to look at things, realize that this is not the end all. That we're working toward a heavenly goal. Put your thoughts on Him. Find a place to think your thoughts. Thirdly, 
Find people that will stretch your thoughts. Find people that will stretch your thoughts. You need to involve God's people in this process. The people sitting around you. If you're looking to to stretch yourself, if you're looking to expand the way that you view God, find people who will challenge you. You don't want to go work out with someone who is eating donuts while they're um, on the treadmill. They're not going to challenge you. You're going to think, oh man, I'm going to go work out with this person because that's awesome. I can eat donuts and stay on the treadmill. No, find somebody to work out with that looks like, man, I'm going to sound old, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And this whole row here says, who is that? Any of you know who that is? One, two, three. Hey, I'm not too bad. But it must involve God's people. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And that's why we have decided here that life groups are such an important part of what we want to accomplish. Because we believe in this verse. We believe that when we are accountable to each other, And that when we have other people to lean on and to depend on, we can find that peace that we're looking for. And we have so many different life groups, and we're we're going to be adding more this coming year. And there's things that are there's life groups that are based on activity. There's life groups that they just get together and play board games. There's life groups that work out. There's life groups that that go bowling. There's life groups that do rock climbing. Things that you're interested in. You say, well, what's important? The important thing is not what you're doing, but it's who you're doing it with. We have things that are outreach-based. Maybe you're the kind of person that you want to reach out to the people around you. We have groups that are based on that. But whatever it is, go to thegate.life and find a life group that will interest you, a life group where you can get with people, a life group that will put you with people that will challenge your thoughts, that will challenge the way that you're thinking, that will get you away from negative people. I was reading a a, a story this week. It was about a man who had bought a new bird dog. You say, why were you reading that? Because I was looking for an example. I don't even know what a bird dog is, but I'm going to tell the story anyway. But he had bought this one-of-a-kind bird dog, and this bird dog could walk on water. And so he took his buddy hunting. Another thing I don't know anything about. And I think they were using some kind of gun. And he would shoot the bird which sounds cruel to me. And the bird dog would run across the water and get it and bring it back. And this owner was so excited, he just kept waiting for his friend to brag about this dog. But he never said anything. And 
all day went. You know, he was just dying, but he didn't want to bring it up. He wanted him to say something. So finally, when they were done hunting, they were on the way home, and he couldn't take it anymore. And he said, hey, I'm just wondering, did you see anything unique or, or, or different about the dog, about my dog? He said, yeah, I didn't want to bring it up. He said, but your dog can't swim. That's like borderline dad joke. Borderline. It's the best I could do. But we all know those people. Those people who are continually negative. People that, that just suck the life right out of you. Don't look to your left or right. But I learned very early on in ministry that I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't have negative people around me. Because negative people in my life, I realized, would destroy me. Because before long, I'm not lifting them up. They're dragging me down. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the days of His return is drawing near. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. You need to have these kind of people in your life. People that will help you stretch your thoughts. People that will help take you to a new level in Christ. Do you have a place where you're encouraged? Do you have people in your life who encourage you? Who look at you and say, you're doing a great job? Who look at you and say, come on, you can do it? Come on, I'm going to walk beside you? You need to find those people. And those people can be found right here, sitting around you. Get involved. Make it more than just a Sunday morning ritual. Sign up for a life group. Sign up for text alerts. Know what's going on. Make this place and the people sitting around you, put them and make them a part of your life. They'll stretch you. Fourthly, find a purpose in your thoughts. Find a purpose in your thoughts. The healthiest thought that you can have is to begin to, to think about why you're on this planet. Anybody ever thought that? God, why am I here? What is my purpose? What am I working toward? God, do you really see where I am? I've learned that the most miserable people in the world are people who do not know their purpose. People who are just wandering through life with no idea, no purpose, no motivation. Anybody work with anybody like that? No motivation? It's just like you want to kick them and say, hey, you know, there's stuff around here to do. They're just there to collect a paycheck. Maybe it's you. I don't know. But we need to find our purpose. 
If you could hear God speak to you, he would want you to hear this. I've got a plan for your life. I have a plan for your life. He has promised us that in his word. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. He has a plan for your life. You may think that you're just going through life, but God has a purpose for you. You need to discover that purpose. Let's go back and look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2 again. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know what keeps me motivated to get up here and do this? Every week, it's knowing my purpose. There was a time in my life that I didn't know what my purpose was. Or maybe I knew my purpose, but I, I really didn't like it. There may have been times in my life that said, God, anything but that. But when I tried to fulfill it with anything else, I had no peace. I had no peace. When I tried to, to say, God, I don't want any part of ministry, I just want to be a good little Sunday Christian. I want to come in and hold down a seat, pay my money, go back to the house. I tried that for a while. It lasted about three months, and I was miserable. Miserable. Because deep down I knew what my purpose was. And I wasn't fulfilling that. But that's what keeps me motivated to keep going. And I can promise you, if you want some motivation in your life, find your purpose. What is your purpose? Your purpose is not found in your job. God has a purpose, a divine purpose for you. And that's why we encourage everyone to go through our growth track. Which, let me give a shameless plug. It's tonight at 5 o'clock. Guess where you can sign up? Thegate.life. You can sign up for that because in that class, it's a two-hour class, and in that class, you will begin to, and we'll begin to help you try to discover your purpose. Because after almost 20 years of ministry, I begin to realize that when people find their purpose, their life changes. Their life changes. And there are those of you sitting here this morning, you say, I need a life change. I need something different in my life. I just don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel like that I'm fulfilling my purpose or my design, my reason that God has designed me. But can I tell you that before you were ever born, God had a purpose for you. He didn't create you first and then say, now let me figure out what you can do. No, he had a purpose for you before you were ever born. And if you can find that purpose, your life will change. So tonight, 5 o'clock, it's not too late to sign up. We've got a copier. We can make more copies. We would love to have you because we believe it will change your life. Lastly, find a power to fuel your thoughts. Find a power to fuel 
your thoughts. Can I tell you that you cannot control your thoughts by yourself? You can sit down, you can say, okay, I am going to change the way I'm thinking. You may be sitting there right now thinking, okay, when I, but, but you know, I'm not going to get any more road rage. But if you try to do that on your own, probably on the way to the restaurant, somebody's going to cut you off and you're going to lay on the horn. I talk about road rage a lot. Maybe it's because I struggle with it. I don't know how some people get driver's license. Just this week, we live in South Point, and we got the first roundabout. If you've never been on a roundabout, come visit us. Just be, pre- be prepared. You're taking your life in your own hands. I've traveled places down south that have them, and they have a couple in Morgantown, so I, I know how they work. Some of these rednecks around here, going through it the other day I was in the circle and I've learned to look and watch and there was some crazy person that they were coming this way and I could tell they were not hitting their brakes that yield sign meant absolutely nothing to them and they just blew right through I had to slam on my brakes And I'll be honest, when I slammed on my brakes, something just automatically with my horn. My brakes and my horn must work together. But the point is, is we can't control our thoughts by ourselves. But there's a greater power that can help fuel our thoughts. You can't control your negative thinking by yourself. But there's one who can. There are things that God is going to, or it will call you to do when you begin to look and discover your purpose and you will look at it the same way that I did and think, stand before this many people, speak every Sunday. God, you've got the wrong guy. There's things that God's going to call you to do when you start to discover your purpose. Things that you can't do on your own. And that's awesome. Why? Because it causes you and it causes me to depend on Him. A power to fuel your thoughts. He tells us in His Word that when He went away that He sent us the Holy Spirit, to walk with us daily. Jesus said, it's better for you. They were saying, you know, Jesus, why do you have to go away? He said, let me tell you, it's better that I go away so that the Comforter can come. The Holy Spirit can walk with you, can lead you, can guide you. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says this. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask 
or think. You see, you must have God's power to be able to do what He wants you to do. You need the Holy Spirit walking with you on a daily basis. I said, do you want more peace? He promises. He's the comforter. He will give you peace. He will lead and guide your steps. He will help you to think on things that are true and lovely. Things that are right. But you have to open yourself up. You have to have a heart that says, God, I want more of you. God, fill me. Fill me with more of you. As that song said, start a fire. You ever seen somebody who is so excited about something? You ever had a, somebody show up at your doorstep trying to sell you a rainbow sweeper? man, they are so excited trying to sell you an air purifier and then they turn one of your friends onto it and then they become so fired up about it and say, you need one of these how much is it? $2,500 and I'm thinking, pastor appreciation I'd love to have one But they get so excited about this thing because of what it can do and, and enhance your life. And so this morning, I don't want you to picture me as selling rainbow sweepers or air purifiers. But I want you to know There's a God that can change your life. That can change the way that you think. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here this morning and say, Pastor, I will admit most of the thoughts that go through my mind on a daily basis are negative. Pastor, I must admit that I have a hard time thinking on things that are true, just, lovely, of good report. But I want to change. I want to change my thoughts I want to control my thoughts I want peace that's you just slip up your hand thank you thank you I'm convinced that negative thinking and, and the enemy filling your thoughts with negative things of all the bad things that could happen or even all the bad things that are happening is one of the greatest tools and weapons that he uses because he understands that if he can control your mind, he has you. Anybody else? Thank you. 
Here's what we're going to do. Just right where you're seated, I'm not even going to make you stand up. But it starts with you. The first step was you just simply raising your hand and saying, you're talking to me. The second step in that process is just telling God, God, I want more of you. If you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life, to forgive you of your sin, it's a very simple prayer. God, forgive me. God, help me to be more like you. So right now, right where you're seated, seated, we're going to pray. And my prayer for you is that this is just not another Sunday service. But that you will leave here knowing that God has the power to help you control your thoughts. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you this morning. Father, you see every person that's represented in this auditorium this morning. God, you know every hand that was raised. You see every situation, every circumstance, every issue. God, I pray right now by your power, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you will speak to the lives of the people here. God, that you will help us control the way that we think, control our minds. God, that we will be found not thinking on the negative things around us. But God, we will place our thoughts and our minds not on things of this earth, but on you. God, that you will help us to be people who will help stretch each other. To help stretch our thoughts. God, there's no magic prayer that I can pray. There's nothing that I can say. God, I can't change people, but God, you can. Holy Spirit, right now, bring peace into the lives of those who are living in torment. God, help us change the way that we are thinking. Help us control our thoughts. Fathers, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me challenge you.